song goes, we'll both be surprised. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, God, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> Is this flow Rida? Like it's yeah. Really? Um. I think it's um. It, I'm gonna sound like a dumbass. Is it? Is it not flow Rida? But then like Daft Punk made the song originally or sampled it. I don't know. So that's Flow Rider. Yeah, I was like, when does he have it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. that yeah, that's bad. Just, wow. That is bad. Um, yeah, sorry. We tried something different today. Uh, you know what? I, I was close. Um, I think it is. Uh, it's not Daft Punk. I think it's uh, Avicii. Is it? Mm. I still might be wrong because <laughs> I'm Googling it and it just says, yeah, it's flow right. I'm like, no, but not the sometimes that's yeah, like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is. Other times it's not. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, we don't listen to pop music. So that's, that's apparent. Dude. Yeah. Right there. Best example. And it's, it's not that I even like hate that, but what mood do I have to fucking be in? to want to listen to that yeah that's that's true yeah <laughs> that, that's that's kind of my biggest hang-up is like i i get most other music and and kind of what it does for you i've never really under maybe it's just because like i can't dance and i don't do ecstasy <laughs> that i've never really like understood it i kind of feel that a way about most like like edm and stuff like that Ooh. and house music and shit it's like i get it but if you're not in a club dancing off your mind on Molly, why are, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, the people that do go to, like, the EDM festivals and on Molly and stuff, do you think, like, Monday morning when they're, like, on the way to work, do you think they still listen to that stuff? Or do you think they, like, kind of, like, just that's, listen to ch more chill music? Th that's literally <laughs> my exact point because you think after like a weekend of doing like Molly <laughs> and like just raving your brains out, the last thing you want to hear Monday morning is just more doosh, 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 right. doosh. like I would want to blow my fucking brains out because that happens to me now. Like I'll get drunk and listen to a band and then they'll come on the next day and I'll be like, I kind of need a break. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Or <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I want you to. Oh, man, I, I want you to go to a club. I think that would be hilarious to see you at a club. Oh, just, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if I'm complimented or offended. What, what <laughs> I mean, I just think it would be a fun environment for you, like, because because I mean, I'll tell you, like, embarrassingly enough, I have been to a club a few times. Now, this is a tame Fort Wayne club where they did a lot of like it was it was a it was there was a there was a club around here called Flashbacks that did a lot of like '90s and early 2000s like hip hop uh music and stuff like that and which isn't which is more fun like obviously this yeah, is yeah i yeah i i was dragged there there's never been a time where i was like hey you guys want to go to flashbacks um right. but you know i was drunk enough to be like yeah i guess i'll go um and, and it was a decent time and i just think that i i just really want to see you at one that's all i'm saying <laughs> i think i would either really enjoy it or just hate it i i yeah. think there's no in between yeah 
you know, <laughs> it would either be me like just totally embracing it or me like just you you see me emerge from a sea of people sweaty and <laughs> like a beer in my hand, like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so loud. Right. <laughs> what are we doing? God. Uh, uh, all right, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode thirteen, I think. I I, don't I, know. I I believe lucky number thirteen. We are on. All right, cool. Um, well, this is the the Vinyl Frontier podcast. Thanks for coming back. Um, I got a little. Um, I got a question for. You. Well, have you um, have you heard of this uh, Sphere uh, venue that they're building out in Las Vegas? No. Dude, it's kind of insane. You should definitely okay. check it out. So basically what it is is um, I compare it to, like, you know the those Omnimax theaters? Like, there's one in Cincinnati at the, the Museum Center where you, like, you know, there's a movie theater screen, like, all the way around you. It's, like, 180 degrees or whatever. It's like an IMAX, but it's Omnimax. It's, like, every degree um well they're building one of these out in las vegas and it's supposedly a huge deal because um they got you two to do like a residency there that's going to be their first like performers there they're working on building it right now um it's not actually built yet but they're selling tickets apparently like their first show is september 29th of 2023 and this is only in las vegas um but it's a two billion dollar project this venue is two billion dollars with a B, and um, dude, it's gonna be amazing. Basically, what they did is um, there's a whole video that I watched yesterday with uh, kind of YouTube is being interviewed by I think Apple Music, um, on YouTube about like you know what this thing is and why they're doing it, and um, basically, um, what I liked most about it is uh, well, I've told you I've been to the YouTube concert. I went to the YouTube concert at Soldier Field in Chicago, and it was one of the coolest moments of my life. But um, basically what they said um what you two said in this video is that the modern day like music venue for larger touring bands like that is stadiums like football stadiums hockey arenas basketball stadiums stadiums are not built for concerts the the audio systems suck they have to bring in their own like array speakers which are loud enough it sounds loud enough but it doesn't sound great by any stretch stretch of the imagination so basically what they wanted to do with this venue is build a venue that can seat almost as uh almost as many people it actually has 18,000 seats in it so between 17,000 and 18,000 that's um, pretty decent and uh so the 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 video is going to be amazing because it's 360 degrees of like video wall well almost 360 degrees of video wall um and then 360 degree audio they are they're putting 168,000 speakers in this venue for full Atmos 360 degree audio, which this is the first venue to be able to hold that many people that can support Atmos for that many people. <laughs> where, where, what's the band doing during this? Where are they? Uh, th- so there's a stage area, there's a stage area, but then there's like a video wall, like behind them and obviously all the way around you. So they were actually talking about like, well, how are you going to incorporate this into your show? And they're like, we haven't really 
decided yet because <laughs> there's so many things you could do like um you know they talked about like well we could have like all four of us just be like larger than life as large as the statue of liberty but then like you have all this yeah landscape bon- <laughs> bono would say that yeah right <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> um uh but then um yeah they're like well we could just do like this surreal video type stuff well when i saw them in cincinnati they had a pretty big video wall behind them that looked kind of realistic and it wasn't even close to this scape of size and pretty much the whole time on this video wall they were showing like b-roll footage of like i don't know driving down a road or you know cities that kind of stuff but it was super cool man um and i really really want to go but it's in las vegas and i don't really have any desire to go to vegas um so Hmm. okay interesting fact about yourself like wait like you don't even want to go once uh i mean i'll go once but it just doesn't seem like my my jam man i'm too old for that i don't like gambling i don't like crowds (laughs) oh you fucking saint i'm i'm i wouldn't go to vegas because i'm worried of what will happen you know what i mean i mean i just i feel like I would be totally normal until we like hit the strip and then I would like, I don't know, have a cane all of a sudden and like a, you know, a pompadour hat and I'd, you know, be like, take me to the crap stable, Johnny. They're <laughs> like, who's Johnny? What's happening to Eli right now? <laughs> I'd be like a whole different person. I yeah. Think. I, there, I just, I don't know. I just. Have you ever been I, to a I, casino? No. Okay. Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. And I lost 40 bucks, and then I was like, no, this sucks. I'm out of (laughs) here. Well, that's because you're a um, a good person. (laughs) Because I'm like, fucking, don't, I, I, yeah, I, I I say that. It's not really who I, but there's just, it's, it's Vegas, baby. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If I'm going to go, and my wife's not going to be there, I might make some decisions that are poor. That's all I'm saying. I get that. Yeah. So I'm I'm a person that shouldn't go to Vegas, and you're a person who's just totally like I don't get it. I'm cool, you know, and I respect that. That's that's very <laughs> admirable. So like I have no desire. But then again, like I don't really like I have this conversation with with my friends all the time. I've never been to a strip club. Me neither. And I don't think I'm ever gonna go. Yeah. No. That's not for me. <laughs> Unless they find a way. To a because board game and pinball and nerdy bars are a new trend. Totally, yeah. Let's bring that over to a strip club. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like okay. they could be like cosplay strip. You know, a strip club. So they'll like come out. Like it'll be the fucking you know Samus in the Metroid suit, and then she'll yeah. strip and take that off. That's kind of hot. I this might is, fuck with that. This is a really good idea, and it doesn't even have to be like full nude because like so there yeah, yeah. there are other like adult oriented restaurants like hooters uh the tilted kilt where they wear like kilt scottish garb there's a twin peaks you've heard of twin peaks i've heard of that yeah yeah that's where they wear like lumberjack outfits like short denim shorts and like flannels yeah i kind of always called that the trashy hooters (laughs) yeah it is a little bit for sure but so you're saying we should take that idea and basically just kind of kind of adjusted for nerds yeah appeal yeah. to the nerds you know what i mean you can um you 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 know 
they're uh, really bound. Uh, you probably would barely have to pay for security. None of the nerds are going to go near the girls. Yep. <laughs> they're going to be way too afraid. Probably myself included. Um, and yeah, you know, we could have somebody up there dressed like Daenerys Targaryen. She could do a dragon <laughs> show. Yes, a, yes. But not actual like bestiality. It could just be a tongue-in-cheek thing sure sure uh who else is is uh we could have velma i'm really letting a lot of myself out here (laughs) (laughs) i'm coming up with my sexual fantasies for well i mean nail on the head princess leia there you go ah yeah we have a jabba yeah 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 that'd be pretty dibs dibs on jabba dibs dibs on jabba (laughs) elisa san solo uh yeah i like this let's uh nobody steal this idea all right yeah yeah nobody everybody <laughs> shut up everybody stop listening just uh, just turn we never said anything Ooh, we could have captain uh or lieutenant ura from star trek yes okay okay you don't know who that is, <laughs> i have no either. idea who that is <laughs> That's what I is that shatner's character or <laughs> <laughs> no that's the Oh, we could do that. We could do Kurt. <laughs> oh, we could do a freaking... Okay, here we go. Here's our inclusivity. We could have a Captain Kirk Spock thing going on. Two male dudes up there getting a little, you know, living out everyone's fan fiction yeah, dreams. okay. <laughs> little little double guy-on-guy strip yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, okay. You know? So, yeah, we're, we include everybody, man. Hey, we're, you know... Male strippers, female strippers, fucking, you know, let's let's go. Let's do the whole rainbow of nerd culture. Oh, absolutely. Then you could go further and even get into, like, I don't know, like an int from Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't really know what gender ints are. I assume males. They sound like males, but they may not be. <laughs> you know, or like a fucking, you know, slug from Star Wars. You know, what gender is it? We don't really know. You know? It's up there. Yeah. Dancing around, <laughs> tentacles around, you know. I, I think there's a market for it because I'm so much more comfortable going into a bar that has a bunch of board games on the wall because I'm like, all right, I'm going to fit in here. Yep. You know, then a yep. bar, you walk in and it's like a saloon door and it shuts and everybody looks up from the table <laughs> and they're all judging you. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, tangent. Uh, the sphere. I dig it. I like it. I I just I I guess I'm interesting. I I would be very interested to see what the live performance looks like because mm-hmm. like I guess it just kind of feels like be, because you you are correct. Concert venues or stadium venues are not necessarily built for you know, a musician, Mm -hmm. but the modern ones I do think are, uh, the sound systems are pretty bad. Like most of the time they'll have to, most of the time they'll have to bring in their own sound system. And like I said, the modern sound system is going to be like basically a couple towers of like uh, like array speakers that are going to be hung from like the ceiling basically. So it can get loud enough, but there's no real technology to be able to, focus like the audio where you want it to go it's like there's a sweet spot and then the rest of the 
audience is just like, well, I can only hear the right side of this because I, you know, this is in stereo and I'm on the right side of the venue. So it just, there's, there's a lot of dead spots, both audio wise and then video wise, you know, and again, most modern, you know, stadium theaters do have like a jumbotron or video screen, but even then, like it's so far away, you just, you know, it's not a great experience. And, and like I said, the U2 was the night was a great experience for me, but not because the audio and video was amazing or anything to write home about. I also went to see um, the Black Keys at a hockey arena in Detroit. Um, oh, yeah. Hockey and arenas. That was are, terrible audio. They're the worst. Yeah. It was real bad audio, man. But, uh, oh, and then the last thing about this uh, venue, they're also going to be able to do like fourth dimension. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this might be kind of like. I don't know. smell a vision <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be able to, like, pipe in, like, air and, like, have different sort of effects, like fog. And they literally mentioned in this one article, like, you can do, like, smell. Um, they have these, like, this air, air duct system that can pipe out specific smells. Um, winds. Winds up to 140 miles an hour. <laughs> just, just, why do you, I don't know why you need that capability. Why if somebody hits be- the wrong button, you're screwed. <laughs> it, it kind of makes me think of those videos where it, 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 where it's like, I'm going to rig up my smart home so if a burglar breaks in, it's going to blare Slayer and all the lights are going to flash. Oh, and be like, yeah. Welcome to your doom. Right. It kind of makes me think of that. Like, why do you possibly, first off, need to put smells anywhere? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Don't. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a little, <laughs> like, gas chamber. Like, what? <laughs> I don't trust you. I don't. <laughs> I don't trust you, you two. What are you going to do? <laughs> I woke up one day and your album was on my phone. Now you're going to be piping smells okay. into my... God. <laughs> you just have to bring it up every episode, don't you? <laughs> they apologized. <laughs> Did they? I probably... I, or were I, they I, just like, eh, who fuck cares? Yeah, I don't know. They're you too. They can do whatever they want. They apparently fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, anyways... <laughs> Um, All right, gross. So oh, I fucked up my beer. Well, I was going to talk about the beer I bought. Um, are you? Uh, I know, Mitch, you're a little bit under the weather. Are you partaking in any alcoholic uh, beverages? Uh, yes, I am, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no question. <laughs> you should, I don't care how fucking you, sick I if am. If you've got a cold, you should drink a lot of fluids. Uh, so <laughs> I've been drinking all sorts of fluids, waters, beers, um, beers, liquor, you know, whiskey. I, I, I did not go to the liquor store this week though. So I still have a pixel left from that last like Rheingeist 12 pack I got. So I've had this before on the podcast just a few weeks ago. So sorry, it's nothing new, but. Oh, gotcha. No, that's cool. We'll, uh, we'll let it go. Cause you're sick. Um, what about you? What you got? Yeah. So I tried something different this time. I got, uh, from the platform beer company, which. I've actually drank a fair amount of their beer. Um, I got the Canal Way, which is an IPA brewed with natural flavors. It even has some notes on the front here, which say crisp, clean, crushable. Okay, okay. What is... <laughs> oh, like you could crush them? You can, you can crush them. You can drink them, dude. Oh, okay. Just well, put them back. I'm not going to lie. This is kind of a mild IPA, but I definitely taste it. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's pretty good. I like this one. It is a 6.4 point four percent so we'll see 
where I end up. I'm probably mostly alcohol at this point anyway, so it doesn't really affect me anymore. Uh, Platform is Cleveland? Cleveland Rock! Cleveland Rock! Cleveland Rock! Dude, what a good song. It's I That theme song went so hard. I was going to say, when you actually listen to the song, it's like still good. It is. Yeah. Never even knew I loved Cleveland. When I hear that song... Everyone loves Cleveland. Man. Oh, absolutely. You love Cleveland. I When I first like started learning to play guitar, I heard that song, and I was like, oh, that guitar part's kind of cool. So I like learned how to play. It's a really weird, like interesting guitar lick there, like the this weird kind of dissonant chords. I mean, bar chords, which is why I could do it when I was like 14. But hey, it's still fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. Well, what's one of my favorite parts about uh, Presidents of the United States is that they, um, like, they're – they didn't really have like a bass player. Like their guitars were like half of it would be strung up with guitar strings. The Ooh. other half would be strung up with like bass strings. Oh, wow. I did not know that. They're very strange. Yeah. They, they used a lot of kazoos. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which is just, it's just hilarious. Yeah, completely. Um, um, but anyway, okay, Mitch, uh, do you know the tickets to this? I, I, I only, <laughs> we keep getting, I keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> In regards to the sphere, I want them to call it the sphere so bad. Um, I I think it literally is. I think it's called the like sphere. the the yeah. I'm on their website. It's thesphereLasVegas.com. <laughs> hmm. How much would you pay to go? I I know we I know we had the Vegas discussion. <sighs> yeah. But, let, but let's just say like we could just drop you off in the parking lot, pick you up <laughs> after, so you don't have to deal with Vegas. How, how much would you be willing to pay to go see you two there? I mean, that's a good question because I legit did think about it for a while. And then I was like, well, I mean, you, you got to include airfare in there, hotels. And already that's way more than I'm willing to spend on a ticket for anything. Um, but the tickets, I'm they're on, they're on sale from starting at $140, which is pretty reasonable for what they're doing. It says tickets range from $140 to $500. Um, and I think if, you know... So, yeah, it's actually not terrible if the max is five because I figured the max would be a hundred thousand. Yeah, this says basically max five hundred dollars. I mean, the stadium like it fits eighteen thousand people, so they don't need to charge like you know like it can only fit a thousand people. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, like the 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 plane tickets to get to Las Vegas would be kind of a deal breaker for me. But yeah, I would ab- if you didn't factor that in, I would absolutely pay five hundred dollars to go to this experience just once. <laughs> I'll make some calls. <laughs> See what I can do. Sponsor a sphere. Sphere. <laughs> I also I just love saying it. Sphere. Did you go see? Uh, did you go see you two at the sphere? It's <laughs> pretty good. Did you see Shania? Who, I'm trying to think of somebody who has a, a double S. <laughs> I can't. Damn it. Uh, yeah. I got Damn it. But yeah, I mean, check out their website. It's super interesting. They have a page just called The Science, and it's completely devoted to, like, the... There's all these mathematical equations about, like, how the building was built, and they're using all of these, like... It's a fucking sphere. and pi. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a circle. You're not... I mean... Uh, Yeah. It could be incredibly revolutionary. However... As you've described it, I, I just I feel a sense of marketing that's worked a little bit because I'm like it's just a fucking sphere. How how revolutionary! Like oh, music 
sounds better in a circle, dude. Like <laughs> it just—it—it kind of sounds like a billionaire's cocaine fever dream. It, you know it is mean? a little bit, but I, I think what, what the reason I wanted to talk about it is that I am excited for a future where this becomes like the new norm. Like sure. it doesn't have to be $2 yeah. billion, but you know, there may come a time where, you know, the, a building similar to what this can do is available in every state. Like this may, this may come to Ohio. This may come to Indiana. Um, be just, you know, it, yeah. I don't know. That's all. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I do think you're totally right. That's the interesting part. I, although I feel like Ohio would still find a way to fuck it up, so we would be like the hexagon. Have you gone to the hexagon? <laughs> the parallelogram? Yeah, it sounds shitty, man. It sounds terrible. Yeah, with the <laughs> trapezoid. <laughs> we used our revolutionary audio technology here at the trapezoid. <laughs> Is it a square? No. <laughs> Is it a rectangle? Kind of. <laughs> um, sorry, that was stupid. <laughs> no, I, love it. Just, I really like the idea of someone trying to sell the shape of the like everything's the same but the big pitch is like well what shape are we going to make it and they just have different little pitches for each shape (laughs) the trapezoid not your daddy's rectangle (laughs) stop why did we put him in charge of this the octagon think about it eight sides stop signs octopuses it's all eight dude (laughs) it's all eight dude It's like wrestle, you know. It's like MMA too. WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania. You come in, you fight you too. If you win and and you leave, whoever's left standing becomes the new you too. Oh, that got me a little bit. <laughs> Bono knows some weird Irish martial arts. Oh, the you edge. know that dude does yoga. For oh yeah, for sure. sure. The Edge, they just give, like, a gun. (laughs) Edge murdering people. The drummer and the bass player, they use fucking body shields. Adam Clayton and Larry Mullins Jr. Get the name right. Oh, sorry. Let let me replace the replaceable ones. Um, all right. Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny, actually. It was funny imaging. Okay. So, Mitch, you've been coming up with a lot of episodes lately. Yeah. You're welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, all of humanity. <laughs> so, I was thinking, you know, one, two, fuck you. I'm going to come up with an episode. Sweet. Well, I appreciate it. I cannot wait. Um, I You didn't prep me at all for this. I actually didn't even ask to be prepped. I was like, you know what? I trust you. <laughs> don't bother with me. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't bother me with the details. <laughs> trust me. Don't really give a shit. You know, of the same cloth. well i mean i was thinking yesterday when when we were texting a little bit like i was like well should i ask him like if i should prep it all and then i was like nah i'm kind of (laughs) busy i don't want any homework (laughs) (laughs) right um yeah no exactly so uh but yeah i wanted to do an episode i've been wanting to do for a while 
and I'm kind of excited about it, and I'm hoping it will spark some interesting discussion, perhaps. Cool. Um, so you are more than welcome to hop in at any point okay. during what I have to say. So I wanted to talk about today why Foo Fighters is my favorite band. Okay, all right. Parenthesis, even though I know there are better bands. Oh, in, yes. Okay. In parentheses. So... The whole idea that I had was basically I thought it would be cool to kind of do like a Foo Fighter deep dive, but in a different way. I wanted to talk about my favorite band, which, spoiler alert, is the Foo Fighters. They are my favorite. It's hard when you say favorite. I've never really understood that. Because mm-hmm. if you say your favorite band, I don't I don't know what that means. But I, I just know that the Foo Fighters are that because I know all the people. I know they're, oh, you remember when it was like that drummer? You know what I mean? I know all mm-hmm. the weird random for example do you know dave Grohl's middle name uh i bet it's is it no i don't but i'm gonna guess uh, guess because if you guess it i'll <laughs> fucking be really impressed um it is is it anthony honestly pretty close <laughs> oh okay it's it's one of those kind of names it's a shorter name okay do you want a second guess or is that, is that uh no that was my best guess <laughs> okay it's eric okay um, okay but I know that, and I'll never forget that. <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, they're my, they're my favorite band. Sure. Um, but what I thought would be interesting is I wanted to talk about my favorite band because they're not my favorite band because they are the greatest band that has ever lived. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're my favorite band because they're my favorite. So I wanted to talk about my favorite band in a way that was, like, honest and transparent and also to kind of work through why people don't like them. Um, because everybody's favorite band, somebody doesn't like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For example. Um, so I outlined some reasons why they're my favorite band. And I do actually, I do actually have three. So I did this like a fucking college essay. My yeah, guy, this is an essay. <laughs> here's my, here's my thesis. My that degree is paying off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's making my money now, baby. So I have a, I have a section of my, uh, my outline here called tenants of the foo, which okay. is actually a really good tribute band name. <laughs> Dude, it is. <laughs> tenants of the foo, but I have uh, musicianship, musicianship, exploration and authentic authenticity. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about those three, but what I am going to do is I'm going to go back and tell you how I became a fan of the Foo Fighters cuz I think it's mm-hmm. it, well mildly interesting. Interesting enough for me to talk about. To yeah, my, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> So for me with the Foo Fighters, it all started from grunge shocker i know mm-hmm. i'm still gonna find a way to talk about grunge <laughs> um when i first heard the foo fighters i did not know that dave Grohl was the drummer for nirvana sorry let me rephrase i knew that dave Grohl was the drummer for nirvana i did not realize that that was the guy as the lead singer in the foo fighters gotcha yeah so i hadn't drawn that line so I did some math and went back. I think I even like called my mom. I was like, hey, do you remember when I got into the Foo Fighters? <laughs> uh, I really wanted to go back and really do a timeline here, and I think I have it. So it was pretty much 2005. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you yeah. know, the housing market. Wait, you called your mom like this week to ask her about this? I think we were talking about, I think it was a few weeks ago we were talking about something else, but I was okay, like, hey, by yeah. the way, 
Gotcha. It okay. wasn't that extreme, but <laughs> I did think of the question. I was like, I want to get a good idea here, and I think yeah, we kind gotcha. of. But we did the we we, we kind of did the math and figured it out, and we were pretty much in agreement. But it was about 2005. The housing market doing great. <laughs> Nothing on the horizon there that's sure. going to go wrong. <laughs> um, but anyways. <laughs> Um, no, so I was I was really into grunge at the time that I and I think around two thousand five, I don't know you know you know what the newest band I was listening to probably in two thousand five? What's that? Jet. Okay, okay, right on. I was like they sound like A C D C I dig it. You know, yeah, I was like totally. that's that's what I was stuck between, like classic rock and grunge. That's mm-hmm. that's where I was at in two thousand five. And then I kept hearing these Foo Fighter songs on the radio. So at that time, I was hearing like times like these all my life, best of you. I was hearing all that, and I really fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was awesome. I thought it was really cool. Um, so I made my parents. Um, I'm sorry, my parent. Uh, my mom. Uh, so I got one Ooh, in there. Yeah, you got one. <laughs> I, I got one in there. Um. So the album that they had just come out with was In Your Honor. So I begged and begged. I don't remember how I got it. I think I had to do work for something, but I got In Your Honor. That was the first Foo Fighter album that I owned. Well, mm-hmm. also during this time, for like I said, for a long time, I didn't realize that Dave Grohl was the same dude and mm-hmm. both Nirvana and the Foo Fighters. But eventually, I figured that out. Literally, I was looking at the liner notes for a Foo, for In Your Honor, and the liner notes for Nirvana's Greatest Hits album, by the okay, way. Okay, okay. <laughs> and they both said Dave Grohl. And I was like, <laughs> Wait, fuck, hold on. Dude? What the fuck, dude? Why did no one tell me? <laughs> Mom! <laughs> so, obviously, that blew. <laughs> Mitch, is it? fucking the winter solstice in your it's so I dark actually, i was literally just like looking at my part of the screen and i was like trying to like go i'm gonna go turn on the light okay sure <laughs> well let's take a break try to do a fucking podcast i'm looking at mitch like he's in a goddamn cave <laughs> there we go i can see ya okay um yeah it is like i mean it's getting kind of darker because it's been kind of cloudy and rainy and shitty all day oh, okay. um and then also, coincidentally, since I had the day off, I've changed the light bulb in my room, which I've needed to do for like three months, but have just never gotten around to it. Right. And I realized that um, I, it has never been this bright in here. Check this out. No, it looks bright. <laughs> oh, you... I forgot you... I forgot you had the dimmer. I got a dimmer switch. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's honest to God really bright. It looks great. Okay. That is quality podcasting. Is this uh is this bright enough? Is this okay? Should I <laughs> I just uh, it's a completely audio podcast. Is it bright enough in here? <laughs> Scotty, get on the lights, man. God, we suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does it looks fabulous. Great. Cool, cool, cool. Does it <laughs> is it weird to like talk to me while there's just constantly lights changing? Like I'm in a goddamn fucking a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in a kaleidoscope. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Anyways. Uh. So yeah, it blew my little. How old would I have been? I would have been oh 13. 
Okay. It yeah. blew my little 13 year old mind, right? So I was super into it. But yeah, no, I was, I, I was, I just, I kept getting more and more into the foo. Um, hearing these songs on the radio, then they would play like old shit from the first album. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Yeah. Um, and then I played in your honor. I remember one of the first times I got to listen to it and I listened to the first song, which is also called in your honor. And for those who haven't listened to it, I really recommend just go check it out. It's the first song on in your honor. It is just, it starts off with this loud, dissident, but kind of weirdly beautiful guitar rift, and it's just Dave Grohl screaming for like two minutes. And the lyrics, I remember hearing them for the first time, and the lyrics that open that album are, can you hear me, can you hear me screaming, breaking in the muted sky? And he's just screaming it. And I was like, wow, this Uh is... I found something here. Mm -hmm. Like it was a new thing. And the way that, and points to Dave Grohl, the way that he screams is much, much different than the way that like metal musicians scream. Um, Because that's the one thing I, I, I I love about Dave Grohl's voice, especially is that you, you know me, I cannot really get behind metal and I'm not a metal guy. When I was around this age, I had a lot of friends who were into metal and screaming and like, Oh my God, can you hear that? Like passion is voice. And I'm like, no, I don't think that is passion. (laughs) I think I, I, I don't know what that is, but, but Dave Grohl has, he can back it up with an amazing singing voice and it's just so passionate and also just the music is a lot more while it is rock it's a lot more digestible for someone that's not quite into metal so i just shoehorning in to say like i heard this album probably not much longer after you did and it was really really fucking good for me too because i was like oh this is rock and he's screaming but it's accessible and i love that about it yeah, I think that's fair because on my other end of the spectrum, I really was into metal. I was listening to Slipknot mm-hmm. a lot yeah. too. So I wasn't afraid of that. <laughs> However, musically, I was a little bit more excited when you hear a song like No Way Back. And yeah. it's this really good guitar riff and the drummer's drumming. You know, that was music I would make with my friends. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to make Slipknot you know, music. <laughs> right. I wasn't good enough <laughs> at anything. So that that was a part of the Foo Fighters that was accessible, accessible for me. Because up to that point, it was like Nirvana, Green Day, Nirvana, Green mm-hmm. Day. Because that's what I could play. Then there was like the Foo Fighters that was like a little bit more complicated. But it wasn't so complicated that I it was totally like you know a different language to me mm-hmm. I would say that like honestly most Foo Fighter songs really are not hard to play but the hardest part to play is the rhythm is to understand yeah. how to play the songs in the correct rhythm right. and by doing that I think kind of made me a better musician and taught me a lot yeah. about that well, you know. we talked about that that video before where Dave Grohl talks about like how he takes what he's learned as a drummer and carries it over to guitar playing, which is I what I think makes him such a brilliant guitar player is because he's got the most incre- incredible rhythm it ever. <laughs> yeah, he's he's honestly a fucking sick rhythm guitarist. Like, yeah. He's just really good at it because mm-hmm. um, he understands that. So, yeah, totally. Um, but also... 
Mitch, you might remember this from your days with the album. It's kind of two albums. It's the first album, and and it wasn't called Side One and Side Two. I don't know if you remember that about it. it I, I I kind of forget. Okay, my bad. I didn't research this part. I totally blanked. I totally forgot to do so. Okay. But it wasn't very typical the way they worded it. Um, but anyways, the first part is all electric rock songs, Foo Fighter songs. Mm-hmm. The second part is all acoustic. Yeah. And that, once again, then blew my mind. I just listened to Scream as Balls Off for, you know, an hour. Yeah. And then I have all this acoustic music. And, oh, my God, this acoustic music is, like, making me cry, dude. <laughs> like, what's up, dude? <laughs> So it it was like uh oh Nora Jones is on that too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, Virginia Moon. Yeah, she's Oh yeah. It's it's basically written as like a duet, I think That's too. That's right. Yeah. So my little 13-year-old brain, you know, I only had so much room in my brain. You know what I'm saying? It was like yeah. MTV boobies fighters you know what i'm saying and but i I mean it was just it was just blowing me away and it was just like oh man you could rock but then write acoustic music and it doesn't sound like fucking every shitty 80s ballad ever right you know what i mean i don't have to do home sweet home like oh you could write something like soulful (laughs) and meaningful and then like scream your dick off like dude (laughs) so it, it was awesome for me but i had i did do a little bit of more research and i thought this was interesting mitch without looking 2005 what was the number one song meaning the song that was at number one for the longest in 2005 you know i love this game but i'm so bad at it um 2005 okay number one um it probably would have been like like a pop song right like would have been big around that time it it was it's in that vein i'll tell you this it wasn't a pop song i'll give you a hint it was not a pop song, but it was an R&B song and artist. Okay, okay. Oh, shit, dude. I'm so bad at this game. Well, according to the internet, R&B, yeah. let me put it that way. There's someone who is a lot less popular now than they used to be. Oh, Chris Brown. <laughs> really good guess, but no. Um, Was it Rihanna? Was that the Summer Umbrella came out? Because that song was everywhere. Uh, it was. And are we that old? I thought that was like 2012. Are you? No, Umbrella came out in like 2006 or seven, dude. It's all. It's it's been a long time. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I don't think it was quite that early, but yeah, it, it was close. All right, yeah, you got me. Okay, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you the artist, and I'll just let you if you want to try to guess the song. You can. Okay. Uh, Mariah Carey. I didn't know she had any other songs except the Christmas song. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm very, I'm very lacking in my Mariah Carey knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I. Um. Anyways, it was "We Belong Together" by Mariah Carey. Oh shit! Okay. okay. It was the number one song of 2005. It spent the longest time at number one for the year, 14 weeks. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I think I only bring that up just to emphasize where I was you know what got me into music was like classic rock i was really interested in that acdc's led zeppelins the black sabbaths you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's why i started to like be really interested in music um 
And then, you know, through primarily my mom, believe it or not, was a fan of the grunge people. But she was a, you know, she was, I think she was a Gen X or late baby boom. I don't, Uh whatever. She was into grunge. So I got into all those guys. So that was kind of my like realm of rock and roll. Then there was like the Foo Fighters that like also did stuff like with punk and metal even at times and all this stuff and it incorporated all this stuff but it was all in the backdrop of this music was not popular like it Mm -hmm. wasn't it was popular but it wasn't what the main what most people listen to Mm -hmm. they really did not listen to rock and roll yeah i think the black eyed peas were really popular around this time too you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just it, it, and I'm not saying that to shit on all those artists and all those people. It's just, it just is what it is. Well, we talked about like on my my episode where we talked about like the garage rock. This is 2005 was peak. Garage rock is dead. Rap is becoming the new thing. Kind of rock is dead. There's not really any rock artists now. Everything is acoustic, Mumford and Sons, and rap. Yeah, and, like R and B. So, and sometimes at the same damn time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which that was bad. Yeah, oh, terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. So yeah, that was kind of the backdrop that in was, and then I listened to like In Your Honor, which is this like full scope kind of album for them, where it's like the rock stuff, the acoustic stuff. It was just like mm-hmm. the wide range of them as a band, and it blew my mind. And then I bought every other album. Right then, I was listening to everything. Their first album was just like super punk and raw, and I was like, "Oh, Dave, go record the whole fucking thing by himself, dude! What yeah. the fuck, dude?" Then you know, the color and the shape has fucking their biggest songs. It's got yeah. my hero, Everlong. Oh Monkey wait, you're t- yeah, Monkey <laughs> Ranch. Oh wait, you're telling me Dave Grohl played drums on that album too, dude? <laughs> like. <laughs> And then, and then, you know, then when I finally heard There's Nothing Left to Lose, which I really do think to this day is my favorite Foo Fighter album, they recorded that in his fucking basement, dude. Like, and they won a Grammy in it? Like, it just, it, it's like every album I picked up and learned about had this super crazy cool fact about it. Mm-hmm. And then also, it was just the sheer fact that the this same band wrote, like, I'll stick around and then like Everlong and then like, you know, Razor or still off the acoustic side of In Your Honor. I mean, I was just like, that's a fucking band, dude. Because I think I think it's interesting. I think that what I think is the hardest thing to do as a musician or an artist is to do something that's in your face, loud, rock and roll, but then sit down with an acoustic guitar and then do a song just as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not corny and it's not a power ballad. You know what I'm saying? That to me, that's almost being like two different bands. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think for most musicians and artists, they can switch on a dime like that. You know, mm-hmm. there's great acoustic artists that exist. Like for example, the main one that I think of just because it's close to my heart is like Travis Meeks from days of the new. He's a phenomenal acoustic guitar player and acoustic songwriter. And he would like put on overdrive and distortion on his acoustic guitars to get that sound. I've never seen even a picture of that man playing electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And I don't, th- and just because you're good at one style doesn't make you good at another. It's kind of like Billy Corrigan smashing pumpkins. He's like, Hey, that's, that's a good song. You play it on an acoustic. It's still good. That's a good rock song. Mm-hmm. 
And that's one of the biggest things for me is like, I just, I don't think that's an easy thing to do. I think I also just finished the Lance, the last dance documentary on Netflix um, about Michael Jordan and the Bulls oh, run. Okay. Interesting. All right. For, for the six championships. And yeah. to me, that's an MJ move. You know what I'm saying? That's an MJ move. Do both. Do something Ooh. you haven't done before. Right. Right. Or yeah. something that you're not known for being good at. Mm-hmm. And I think it took them until about there's nothing left to lose to have like a fully acoustic song on there. There might be some on the color and the shape, but the ones I remember being acoustic are kind of upbeat. Mm-hmm. You get to there's nothing left to lose. You have a song like Ain't It the Life, which is this fucking beautiful, peaceful song. Mm-hmm. And that album was, opens up with stacked actors, which is like this fucking brutal screamy jammy song so it's just the range of material that was there i just thought was profound like it just it blew me away and it was modern you know what i mean i wasn't like oh did you know jimmy page plays the mandolin dude you know like (laughs) it was a it, it was a modern band doing something like that and at that at that time i i was like this is the best band in the world you know what i mean nobody's gonna be better than them um, but yeah, that was that's where it started, and from there it just never stopped. To put it that way, okay, I gotta take a break. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, with that being said, the band is not without flaws. So I'm curious to hear. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you in here a little bit. Mm-hmm. You you like the Foo Fighters quite a bit, but I'm pretty well aware that they're not like your. I I don't know if they would even be in like your top ten. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't think Weezer yeah. would be in mind. I think they could. Well, yeah, favorite. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would be in my top ten. Mm-hmm. So that's my question for you, though. Why not? Like, what about the Foo? Do you not fuck with? Uh, so. I, I I think stylistically, some of the more recent albums, and obviously <laughs> you could say this about Weezer too, um, haven't been as hard hitting as their early albums. I think they kind of went on a little bit. The, the past few albums have not really done it for me. Um, and then also just stylistically, again, kind of like where we're coming from. Like I can fully understand how big of a grunge kid you were why you are in love with Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. I wasn't really a grunge kid. I didn't really get into grunge until, you know, way too late. Um, I still like I still like and love grunge, but it wasn't a nostalgia thing for me um, because I just didn't have that. Um, I, I guess that's the biggest, the, the biggest thing. Like, they haven't put out enough stuff that's my personal taste. At such, you know, comparing them to Weezer, like that's a hundred percent my taste. That's the songs I I write. That's the songs I want to write. That's my passion. Whereas grunge slash metal, like you're talking about, that is your passion. And yeah, that's that's about all I got. <laughs> Again, they would they. I don't think they would get in the top ten, but it's really close. And to be fair with you, that I think Weezer would be the very similar with me. It's mm-hmm. just like, like yeah, like because I haven't enjoyed a Weezer album for quite a few 
years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't make me go, oh, Weezer's terrible. Like, well, no, of course right. not. Like, they're Weezer. They're still fucking Weezer. Mm-hmm. And I'll still... I, but then but then they'll come out with an album that will like I'll be really into for a minute. Mm-hmm. And for my interpretation, the Foo haven't really done that for you in a minute. Right, yeah. Yeah, none of their new material that they're working on, and especially as your tastes grow and change, really have excited mm-hmm. you. Right, yeah. Did you know that the Foo Fighters played a charity event in which uh, was trying to spread the message that there was no scientific connection between HIV and AIDS? I, I did not know this. Yeah, I'm not joking. They did do that. Uh, so they're not without their blemishes. <laughs> uh, but well, okay, that's so I did not know that. But this is one thing that I did want to talk to you about. And if it's too early, if you were going to talk about this, then feel free to move on. But I, I was going to say, you know, points for Foo Fighters is I, I think one of the reasons that they have sustained their. Uh, great reputation is just because since the social media age, um, everyone is finding out that Dave Grohl is just such a cool fucking guy. Like he's just a really cool down to earth personality guy that, you know, he, he had a hot ones episode like the last year that, you know, even people that I know that aren't like Foo Fighters fans were like, man, that, that episode was really cool. Dave Grohl is really awesome. And he does that constantly. I, I mean, I, I'm going to call it the Paul Rudd effect. Like, He's just a genuinely good person that if you met him, um, you'd you'd have like nothing but but good things to say. Like he's this real personal guy, um, and I think social media. Whereas I think it has harmed Weezer because Rivers Cuomo is terrible on social media. Um, Dave Grohl, I think he knows what he's doing and. He knows how to work it, but I don't think he's doing it. I don't think he gives a shit about social media. (laughs) And that's what's so cool about it. It's so genuine. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. I think that's maybe the biggest difference between Dave Grohl and most people is like, yeah, he's not doing act. I mean, obviously, he's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's plenty of people that don't like him. Um, But the way that I I, I think he's that kind of person that if you were to like bump into this dude on the street, he would be like, Oh shit, my bad, man. You know, yeah. like even as a fucking millionaire, mm-hmm. he would walk down the street and say, sorry to you because you bumped into him. Right. He's that kind of guy. I mean, he's from Virginia, spent a lot of time in DC, spent a lot of time in Seattle. I mean, I kind of view him as a, I, I kind of view him as a Midwest kid, which might, he, he really is. Yeah. He, he, but he strikes me as that way. You know, because that's just his demeanor. That's his chill. Like, I just watched a video today, and this video is pretty popular, about him basically saying, I don't sign autographs anymore unless it's for Mm -hmm. charity. And I've heard, like, various things, but, like, when you see him interact with these fans, he's handling it way better than I. Because Mm -hmm. what they're going is like, oh, come on, Dave. Like, just sign it. Sign it for my kid, dude. And it's like... The f- fuck you and your kid, bro. Ooh, I don't fucking owe him right. anything. <laughs> but he's like, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna and and like they'll interrupt him. He's like, I'm I'm going to say it again. Like he feels like a dad because he is a dad. Right. But oh, he yeah. feels like he, he. You know what I mean? He's using his dadisms mm-hmm. to to crowd yeah. these people. He's like, I'm going to say it again. 
I don't sign anything unless it's for charity. And then somebody goes, well, you said that in such and such last week, and then you were in D.C. signing this stuff. And he's like, well, you know what? You know what? And another thing? I got to go. And then he just runs away. <laughs> I've seen that video. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm like, just, he does shit like that. And that's I, it. And I think again, to like, to talk about like, the hot ones again, that would, that one really cemented in me that like, he's a normal fucking dude. He's talking about, he, you know, having to do chores and picking up his kids and how his kids don't care that he's a rock star. Like his yeah. kids don't like his music. Like he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's a normal ass dude. And I, and I think that goes for most of the people in the band. Like that mm-hmm. that's the thing too is that all of these guys were just dudes. I mean despite their flaws, you know what I'm saying? That's the whole thing is like that's why I wanted to do this is to look at Foo Fighters objectively. And when I look at Foo Fighters, I do kind of get it. What unfortunately what's been really getting under my skin lately is they kind of call them dad rock. <laughs> yeah and now they're being kind of incorporated in the same breath as nickelback Ooh. and bands like that and yeah. as a fan i get a little bit mad not that i think because now in all fairness though we were wrong about nickelback i have to go on record those guys are very very nice and we were oh, assholes yeah. to them <laughs> for like no fucking reason Oh, I agree. Yep, I, yeah. Actually, I saw an interview with Chad Kruger where he was saying, because they basically asked him, why do you think everyone just started fucking hating your band? He was like, here's why. He's like, here's why I think why. There was a comedian who had a joke about us on their Comedy Central Presents when when that was a thing. You remember that? Mm. Way back in the day? Uh Okay. All right. All the old people will know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh he and it was a joke at our expense and it was he was like it was a funny joke whatever but they played it every day to promo that special oh okay so he's yeah. like all the young people watching comedy central that was there mm-hmm. every day at least four or five times a day yeah and he's mm-hmm. like i just think it just kind of got beaten people's heads and they took with it and it became like an inside joke. Then it was an outside joke. And then everybody, you know, decided to make fun of us. In my memory, that was also happening around the same time as like the early days of early days of the internet. When people were figuring out that like what memes are, remember like the early memes, like bad luck, Brian and Oh yeah, that guy's funny. Like fuck Brian. And and for some reason, it became yeah, it became a meme to be like, oh yeah, Nickelback sucks, and like, uh, you know, well, I don't know. No, there's a there's a there's a bit that you've probably seen that you might be in. Uh, Shane Torres is a comedian that has a joke about like why Nickelback is actually awesome, and he goes on like the Tonight Show and has a whole bit about like, hey, they're really good guys. Like he has all these. Um, cool things about you know to say about Nickelback and uh he also brings up Guy Fieri in that same bit which is why oh probably... that one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah what the fuck did Nickelback ever do to you <laughs> yeah let exactly. alone Guy Fieri like <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that's what I was hinting at but no, I don't I don't think you should be offended because like I mean if you think about it like dad rock when I was growing up or you know when this term was getting thrown around you think about like John Fogarty um you know basically 70s and 80s bordering on southern rock steve miller band um now if you fast forward 
basically what I think dad rock is, is basically music that dads listen to. And if you think about it, we are 30, 35, that age. Our friends are dads, dude. Sorry. Like 30 year olds listen to Foo Fighters because it was music that was popular in the 90s and early 2000s. I think Wilco is a dad rock band for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's a good. I'm point. not offended by it. I mean, I just think it's you know that's how time works. If you let's turn on a classic rock station, it's going to be like 80s and 90s music. Whereas when you were kids, if you listen to a classic rock station, it's going to be 60s and 70s music. <laughs> I guess it, no, and you're totally right. I think the only reason it upsets <laughs> me is when they call it dad rock. That's not what they're saying. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think they're calling it the old dinosaurs <laughs> of rock. You know what I mean? You listen to this because you're, you know what I mean? Like you're old or not even that you're old, but it's just that like you're out of touch. I've heard some people go pretty hard on the foo. And that's what I'm saying is same people that like call it dad rock. And they're like, yeah, what am I going to do? Listen to like Nickelback and the Foo Fighters. And I was like, okay, first Uh, off, (laughs) what's really frustrating about that is those bands cannot be too different because as much as I think Nickelback are good guys, their music is objectively bad. Yeah. (laughs) Never made it as a wise man. Never made it as it's so dramatic and cliche and cheesy, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what bothers <laughs> me when it comes to the foo. I'm like, don't fucking include them in that because I think that there is a level of authenticity, and I think that that band actually lives it out. So I think when Dave Grohl is out there singing "My Hero," yeah, he's a little bit like you know, I he he intentionally makes his lyrics vague to apply to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. But it's coming from a very special place within him. Mm -hmm. So what's kind of frustrating is that, I mean, he's even said, he he said, white people dance to the lyrics. Yeah. Don't bore (laughs) us. Get to the chorus. That's hilarious. The chorus has to be a bumper sticker. Yeah. You know? And he said that. And that's, you know, and 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 that's songwriting to appeal to a mass of people. But I also think that he does a good job of blending the two where he's appealing to a large audience, but he knows what he's talking and singing about. And you feel that when he's performing. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that video? And I'm sure you have where he went on Howard Stern and Howard Stern was grilling him about like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, my hero. That's about uh, Kurt Cobain. Right. And then he just I fucking hate Howard Stern. And mostly because of that video. Yeah, he's he, he honestly. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. And I remember a biopic that was made of Howard Stern. And I liked him for like 12.2 seconds. Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, have you seen the video? I, I want you to finish describing that video. But have you seen the video of them trying to get... um? Oh, who was that? Oh, God. Who was that fucking actress? Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. You remember her? She was she, yeah. she was a Marilyn Monroe type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wanted her to weigh herself on the show uh, live. And they were like, yeah, just get on the scale. And she's like, no. That's so and they're fun. like, yeah, do it. Why won't you do it? And there's a guy, one of his like fucking, you know, side guys or whatever, are like, hey, dude, stop being a fucking dick. And they're mm-hmm. all like, fuck yeah. you, dude. Like, just let her get on the scale. Why does it matter? And she's like, I don't want to. Yeah, he's he's a fucking shit heel. Yeah. But describe that video because I, yeah. I mean, no, it was, just, I mean, that was more like, it was very uncomfortable and basically 
Dave Grohl was just like trying to just shut down the question be like I'm not even going to answer that and he just kept pushing at it and pushing at it and that's the kind of shit he does I've seen him do it with a few different people about like well he'll just make up this story that's his version of journalism he'll make up okay or he'll he'll like try to get answers out of people to get it more tantalizing and he was just trying to get like this uh you know oh we sat down with Dave Grohl and he talked about Kurt Cobain like that he wasn't going to talk about Kurt Cobain he didn't he doesn't want to just drop it anyway <laughs> yeah no 100 i actually think in that video because i think it's one of their most popular performances of everlong and why they ended up doing an acoustic mm-hmm. version is i think he said like well yeah my ear is about like kirk Cobain. And he's like no it's not and and he's like well yeah it is kind of right yeah and i'm like dude fuck <laughs> you dude like mm-hmm. that's such a sh- shitty thing to do all right so we're back so okay so this is what drives me up a wall is that mitch you're so much better when you have like an episode idea of like outlining it and sticking to your points i don't know if i am (laughs) i I don't know i think you are because i really went on quite a few tangents there but i wanted your input because Mm -hmm. of all that but anyways the way that i could kind of sum this up is just that so one I, I talked about early on the tenets of the Foo. So one thing that I love about the Foo is musicianship. So I think what's really interesting about the Foo is that they came out with all these albums. Then they made a metal album. And they also did a disco cover album. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's easy to do. You know no, what I'm saying? No, not at all. <laughs> and... Okay. I have something I want to I want to throw in here. What I think is so fucking brilliant about what they did specifically, and we might have even talked about this, but they did this disco cover album as kind of like a hey, we're gonna fuck around and have fun making this disco album because it's genuinely what they wanted to do at the time. But also they knew that like, well, I, especially for the metal album, I'm gonna say this of both albums. The metal albums, I like how they, they, they put it out as like, hey, we made this movie, Studio 666, and there's a fake band. So in this fake metal band, we're going to make this full-on metal album under the guise of, hey, this is for the movie. You know, because when people talk about Foo Fighters albums, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, Studio 666, that was weird. That was a weird album. The, the Widow, whatever it's called, the, the Death Widow or whatever. Yeah, Dream Widow. <laughs> dream widow people aren't going to be like oh yeah that dream widow album that was really fucking weird they categorize it as a completely different thing but it's still what they fucking wanted to do they wouldn't have done it if they didn't want to do it uh, but they just knew that they couldn't put it out under the foo fighters name and have it added to the foo fighters collective so i just thought that was a brilliant move that again they they just they're gonna do what they want to do and fuck you if you aren't along for the ride but also technically this isn't a foo fighters album so you can't talk shit about it (laughs) right and that's the thing and then also like it's good yeah like that's the other thing is like it's also like good and yeah where I, the the reason I was thinking about that is because again, kind of like comparing it to like Weezer's trajectory is Weezer doesn't have the forethought to do anything cool like that. They they you know props to them. They do what they want to do for the most part, but it sucks. 
<laughs> and they meekly apologize for it. They're they're not confident in it. They don't have the forethought to be like, well, let's do this, but not under the umbrella of, of Weezer. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think that's a good point, and I think that's a fair critique of a band like Weezer is just that like like I remember when they did their cover albums. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're bad, but they're not great. And then also, yeah. I, I mean, I only throw this in here just to elaborate on how hard it is to do that and pull it off is that like, you know, Ninja Sex Party kind of threw a little bit of shade at them, even though obviously much smaller definitely nowhere near as popular like we're well aware but ninja sex party kind of threw some shade at them because they're like hey we just covered like half the songs you fucking covered and like we did that four years ago right and and to me i'm like i kind of think that's a decent critique because like weezer is a more popular band so when they do it you know theoretically more people are going to listen to that but ninja sex party did it about three or four years earlier (laughs) and it was Mm -hmm. better Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, ah, kind of hold this L maybe. And it's like <laughs> yeah. you said, though, but that's also a part of Weezer is like, because that leads me into the exploration part of the Foo Fighters is they're always willing to try something new. They're always willing to try to record an album in a new way. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like, admittedly, sometimes it doesn't always translate. But you get Mm -hmm. something typically really good. Like, if you don't like the Sonic Highways album, I would be pretty challenged that you wouldn't like the show Mm -hmm. that they did on HBO. The show on HBO is really good. I actually fell in love with that album. Um, I think it's a, a really good fucking album. I think it's actually a really solid Foo Fighter album. I had to listen to it and grow with it and absorb it over time. But that's my whole point. Whereas, like, I, I think you're right. Weezer will kind of do it, and then people don't really like it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, saw we. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, Weezer, like, just, just own your fucking quirkiness, man. Mm-hmm. And and it, it does feel weird. It feels like Weezer... I. I doesn't always know what they're doing and we just i i think weezer is just the only good example because they did start around the same time are still going um they've been on tour together weezer and foo Mm -hmm. fighter had a tour uh where i i i don't really know if anybody opened for anybody but it was a weezer and foo fighter tour which Mm -hmm. i'm really bummed we missed by the way because the nhsd was all also there oh shit that would have been so good dude that's right up our alley man that's the greatest show we could think of um but yeah i think i think all that kind of bleeds together and it also once again goes back to the office and authenticity part which we talked about so there are definitely times where and obviously dave Grohl is like the main creative force behind the foo fighters and even Mm -hmm. other people in the band have like are on record about like you know it's this kind of dave Grohl's band and we're here, but they are a part of it. Like, as fans, right. we love them all so much, which is why the passing of Taylor Hawkins is really, really hard because it's just like, you know, yes, we know that, like, Dave Grohl had a lot of interjections on the drum parts that Taylor played, but mm-hmm. knowing enough about music, like, you know, Taylor was the heartbeat of that band, and now he's not here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted the Foo Fighters to stop after Taylor Hawkins died. I didn't want them to keep being a band. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I was going to ask you about this because this is kind of controversial too. Not to get all Howard Stern on you. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. tell me how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you do you think it's weird that they're kind of doing stuff so soon and basically replacing him like a summer, a summer and a half after he had passed? So I do think it's weird. They haven't even replaced him yet. Mm-hmm. We we still don't know who the officially yeah they haven't announced anything no because there's been a lot of conjecture it was going to be this guy then it was this guy then it was nobody you, you know what I mean it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of conjecture still clearly because yeah. they they've come out with a new single yeah the latest uh, conjecture is I followed the Foo Fighters subreddit which is pretty fun me and too. interesting yeah me too um yeah right on there was somebody that posted about like um the drummer from suicidal tendencies posted on instagram that he wasn't going to be playing with suicidal tendencies anymore but then he was like but i've got some cool things coming i just can't announce yet so now everybody's like oh my god it's a drummer from suicidal tendencies which would be kind of weird <laughs> but awesome yeah i mean super interesting there was another guy that i forget who he was uh god I wish I remember. I got an argument with my and with my other Foo Fighter buddies <laughs> that we <laughs> we got an argument about it. But no, yeah, like I do think it's weird, but in the same sense, I don't. It, so Dave Grohl, when you talk about him and Kurt Cobain dying and Nirvana ending, what he mm-hmm. did was like he didn't want anything to do with music for mm-hmm. like six months almost to a year and then he just kind of was like fuck this this sucks i'm miserable Mm -hmm. i'm making music like i'm Mm -hmm. going to make music somewhat therapeutically but i'm doing it yeah and he made the first foo fighter album and pretty much everybody who likes the foo fighters and then everyone who is like like Eh, I don't love their new stuff, but that first album, like people love their first mm. two albums. Like those are yeah. two of their most receptive albums for most people. Mm. He fucking made that. And I think what's happening now is I think Dave doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't, I would probably not categorize him in the category of like being super okay. Yeah. Um. Because this is because Taylor is one of the only like core members of the group. It's mm-hmm. it's Dave Taylor Hawkins and Nate Mendel. Yeah. Being there from really early on, everyone else kind of joined at later dates, and mm-hmm. you know, like Pat Schmier was there for a while, wasn't came back. You know what I mean? Shiflet came mm-hmm. on pretty. I, I would say late in the game. So like he's he's. Taylor Hawkins was a core member of the Foo Fighters. Like the first mm-hmm. Grammy they won was "There's Nothing Left to Lose," in which was the first album that Taylor Hawkins played drums on. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So I mean, to me, I, I, I'm giving him grace because, like, I, I think. Well, going back to the whole like dad rock conversation, I think he's realizing that, and especially with the passing of his one of his best friends that you know you're not going to be able to do this forever you there comes a time where you have to stop touring due to age health um nobody cares about you anymore so i think before he it gets to that point 
he's may, hey make hay while the sunshine man so like people want to hear you still you have the ability to go tour you know health wise do it dude like you know yeah this this the you know this absolutely sucks but the only thing he knows how to do is make music and tour it yeah so well and i just think there's two different responses you could have it could be i'm done i'm not going to continue to do the foo fighters or you know what let's do this in memoriam of him let's Mm -hmm. let's continue to be a kick-ass rock band when other people don't step up to the plate and i think Mm -hmm. both are respectful if they called it a day i would have been like i get it and sure and i don't want the foo fighters to oversay their welcome and really put out that one album that is like really really not good Mm -hmm. i i pray that day never comes because right now (laughs) There, there is definitely a hierarchy of Foo Fighter albums, and even their worst album has their biggest songs. I think their worst album is One by One. You know what One by One has on it? All My Life and Times Like These. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's their okay. worst collective album, and it has two of their biggest hits. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it on Spotify. They also do that Life of Illusion. <laughs> Oh, that was a B-side. Yes. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. That's not on the actual album, but that is a B-side uh, okay. from that era. Gotcha. Yeah, when they do Life Evolution. That Taylor Hawkins sings. Oh, sweet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Pretty good cover. Um, But yeah, so I'm, I'm 50-50 on it, but I just do know that like you only have two options. You can stop doing it all together, throw away the Foo Fighters, or you could continue doing it. Because, I don't know, like, I think about it with you. It's like, you know, like, let's put it this way. Let's say tomorrow you fucking die from your cold Mm -hmm. that you're battling. (laughs) And you're just fucking dead. You know, would I do knuckleball in the same way? Like, of course not. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know if I would just throw everything that we did as knuckleball away. I don't, I don't. Completely, yeah. I don't think I would do that. you know, yeah, and not to get like too dark or somber, but like you know, I, I've told you before, like when when my mom died, like I went through a lot of stuff that made me make a lot of big life changes. All basically, you know, in hindsight, due to the fact that like you're kind of faced with this mortality, like oh yeah, there's a chance that you could die. You know, my mom was 58, and I'm like doing the math. I'm like, well, how many more Do years I have, would yeah. that be for me? So I'm like, okay, is this you know right now the way I'm living my life? Is this what I want? If if it ended today, would I would I be satisfied? No. So I made a lot of life changes um, that are gonna hopefully gonna be for the better. Um, but yeah, you just kind of death and grief do weird things to you. Yeah, and and I don't want to be like, oh, they should have just hung it up. Like, how disrespectful. I don't think of that at all. I mean, they went out and did, Mm. like, two tribute concerts that were fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I think about it with you and other people. And I also, you know, lost a friend that I played music with when I was, you know, fucking 16. And we were 16. Mm -hmm. But when you're 16, you think you're going to be playing music with those people for the rest of your life. Right. (laughs) Which is silly in hindsight, but at the time it was monumental. And um, I'm still the only person that knows how to play the guitar parts that he wrote for the band that we were in at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I know one song that he came up with. So what am I going to do? never play the song again 
Mm-hmm. Like, of course not. You know, so it's it, it's it's weird. I think everybody's entitled to their own way of it. Um, I wish they took a bigger beat. Like, I'm I but I'll, uh, have you heard their new single? I actually have not. No, it's pretty good. It kind of sounds like old okay. foo. It sounds like okay. color in the cool. shape, nothing left to lose era foo. Okay. Cool. Um, mixed in with some new stuff. I really like it, and I I haven't looked and researched it, but I'm pretty sure Dave Grohl's the one playing drums on it. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucking solid. That's why what's you cranking? Whenever we get there, okay. is is the new Sweet. Foo Fighters single? I think it's I think <laughs> it's fucking good. And also they're doing uh they're doing a white album cover with like black font. They're going tribute to like, mm-hmm. but the but the song is called Rescued. And, like, I think the first line of that song is, like, it happened in a flash, and here I am. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it, I mean, he's he's singing about it already. Like, mm-hmm. it 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 happened, and it happened so fucking fast, and here we are. And the chorus is we're all looking to be rescued, or we're all waiting on to be mm-hmm. rescued. I don't know. It's just interesting. I just, I think there's a, I think if you come with it, like I said, with that authenticity, it works because you're speaking your yeah. truth. You're speaking honestly. And if you could do that, then yeah, I have no qualm. What would have mm. sucked is if they were like, let's do a double live album or some rock mm. star bullshit. And I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to have to take these down a peg from one to two, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't do that. What they're doing is what they're doing. And because they are my favorite man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to be there and see it through because what I, I don't think they're doing anything dis- distasteful. I don't think they're doing anything too over the top. They're coming out with a new album with potentially a new drummer that we still don't know. We still don't really know what their plan is, but, but also this could be the last Foo Fighter album. We also don't know mm-hmm. that. This might be the last brouhaha, and they may have already written and demoed a lot of these songs and this may just be the last one Mm -hmm. Yeah. so we don't know but they were clearly already in motion to do a lot of things and probably contractually and also maybe just you know it's like that's why i brought that up it's just because like i think if you drop dead tomorrow i'm not gonna abandon knuckleball entirely I would take mm-hmm. it, think about it, sit on it, and try to come back with something because I'd be like, I would want Mitch to rest with the knowledge that like knuckleball is still a thing. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you. Hey, same for you. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have to be anywhere close to what we were doing, but it can still be a thing because we have spent a lot of hours with each other on webcam talking into a microphone staring yeah. at each other i'm not gonna let that just go just because you're dead like <laughs> right. i'm gonna find a way to either end it completely like completely big bash blowout type deal or i'm gonna keep it going in a new direction just because what am i gonna do just be like i'm never gonna talk about it or do it again like i mm-hmm. you know i i understand that more now I think when it first happened, I was pretty upset, and I didn't want them to do anything. Mm-hmm. And the tribute concerts kind of weirded me out. But then I was like, well, what do you do? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You spend time with the people that knew them and what they worked on, and you know, maybe you do something new. Maybe you keep going. You know, it's just 
it's a hard thing to cast that much judgment on him. However, I have heard and seen posts and talked to people who are pretty heavily shitting on them and and mm-hmm. what they're doing, and I just I think that's wildly unfair. Yeah, and just wildly out of left field, especially for a band that it's like I've never heard you talk about the Foo Fighters. Why all of now suddenly you hate them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because their drummer yeah. died, and they're not just rolling over and just not ever working on music again. I'm like, that's silly. Mm-hmm. That's not how artists work. Like you're mm-hmm. you're selling them completely short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So wow. Okay, that went a lot of different directions, but <laughs> um, basically to surmise it, that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about why the Foo Fighters are my favorite band, despite them not being the best band in the world. I'm well aware. Obviously, the Beatles are, like, the most important rock band to ever live, right? However, there's a reason the Beatles are not my favorite band. You know, it's the Foo Fighters. A lot of that coalesces to a part of me and who I am and what I am. And, you know, the Foo Fighters keep me creative keep me engaged i respect them they're also not dick holes you know running around just being fucking rock Mm -hmm. stars um and uh they're honest people they're as good people as any other and they make kick-ass rock music and then i don't know maybe one day they'll come out with a polka album that's Mm -hmm. what's fun about them it's the humor yeah it's the humor it's the levity it's just that shared human experience of Mm-hmm. You get a bunch of people in a room, and we all, you know, sing "Best of You." Is that the best Foo Fighters song? Not at all. <laughs> Hundred thousand people singing that song, though. That's something pretty powerful. So, oh, absolutely, man, fucking awesome. And and yeah, again, for me, I think one of the reasons that you know I would place them so highly, despite me just saying that I don't love their most recent albums, is that what I've learned about Dave Grohl, like as a person and who he is, I think far forgives any minor you know songs that that i don't love you know but um thank god he hasn't had any you know he's just a genuinely good down-to-earth dude hasn't had any uh issues any controversies um this might be a topic for another podcast but i finally got to the point actually i think this week where i can't listen to ryan adams anymore uh, there was a very long time i'm like yeah i'm gonna listen to ryan adams i i i, I just give it some time like you know I, I I can't. I'm I'm turning the page. Um, I've turned the page on a couple people. Kanye. Uh, oh. <laughs> again, feel free to edit any of this out. The wedding I'm DJing. She wanted me to play a Kanye song, and I'm like, absolutely not. Under no circumstances yep. will I play a Kanye song. No, no, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on Kanye. Ryan Adams. I'm a little bit. <laughs> did anything change with Ryan Adams? Uh, a little bit, mostly just like, again, it's probably the social media thing. I follow him on Instagram and he's just the complete opposite of Dave Grohl. He's, you know, despite all the controversy that he's faced, faced, he's still an asshole and he, he has, and just deep to the core he is. Yeah. Um, and I know he's got reasons to be, you know, his chronic pain issues and stuff like that, but also like just the shit you've done and like... Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know if I want to get sure, into it sure, on this sure, podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, no, I respect that. But yeah, no. Um, I I think Kanye is the best example. It's like if we're yeah. gonna fucking draw a line somewhere, anti-Semitism is gonna be where I draw the fucking line. I don't care yeah. if you apologize for <laughs> it. I don't care if you're fucking bipolar. 
Mm-hmm. My wife's bipolar. She doesn't go out and yell at how much she hates the fucking Jews. Right. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Figure it yeah, out. Exactly. You have all the money in the world. Proper mental health care is so easy for you to obtain. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not buying her shoes. I'm not buying her shitty fucking <laughs> albums. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Uh, indeed. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, thank God he doesn't have any controversies. The more I learn about him, the more I absolutely love him. And that's not the case with a lot of my quote-unquote some of my favorite bands like you know they're just not the greatest people and that's something i really have to wrestle with dave grohl is squeaky clean to my knowledge yeah i mean he i mean trust me i mean they did say (laughs) hiv aids totally unrelated yeah are you sure i have to i have to dig into more of that a little bit (laughs) they did homie Okay. Now they totally retracted everything. It was just like, oh, you know what? Hey, our bad. We were wrong. Mm-hmm. At the time, though, we didn't have. And this was this was actually around that era. It was after there's nothing left to lose, and and one by one. So that was like 2003, 2004. We did not, as much as we want to think we did did not have the technology and science that we have now. So unfortunately it was a little bit of a conspiracy theory that went around, but you know what they didn't do? They didn't go out and like fucking picket or protest people who thought they were connected. They were just like, we're doing money for a charity, raising money to fund this ideology. The unfortunate part is that the idea, the ideology is wrong. And from my very basic, very privileged understanding is that it was rhetoric built against homosexual people to further propagate how terrible AIDS were. You know Mm, what I mean? Like that idea of like, you know, if you have AIDS, it's because you're a bad person. You're having unprotected sex all the time and you're probably gay and fuck you. You deserve to die of AIDS. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, well, HIV, you could get that from a dirty tattoo needle. I I think that's where the rhetoric came from and it created that gotcha. that conspiracy theory and unfortunately Foo Fighters got behind that but also very brief. Also, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was Chris Shifflett or Nate Mendel, it was only one of them that really pushed the band to do it and he mm-hmm. would be like, "Here's the science." And they would look at this, you know, obviously incorrect pamphlet and be like, "Okay, this mm-hmm. looks legitimate." And decided to do it. But, I mean, you could find the video. Like, they're all on record being like, yeah, "Yeah, I just don't think there's evidence. And it's like, ooh, (laughs) that's rough. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020, but they weren't out there like, all Jews must die. Jews are terrible. Like, that's... And then, since then, they've also... There was that video going around a few years ago of them protesting the Westboro Baptist Mm -hmm. protest, which I think, you know, I think Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters has made their political ideologies pretty clear since then. And, you know, again, fortunately, I agree. So... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, so... You know, not not perfect people, not a perfect band. There's a lot of... I, I mean, if you really know what happened with the first Foo Fighter drummer, I mean, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. Um, but I don't I don't think that elicits, like, hate. I, I, I will yeah. say that, unfortunately, I think sometimes that PC cultural culture does... Uh, 
does strike out every now and then. Sometimes we get really mad at people over shit we just don't need to get very mad about. However, I still hear people defend Chris Brown and Kanye to this day. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, see, that's where I draw a fucking line. I'm like, you're you're yeah. fucking wrong. Like Chris now, Chris Brown should ha- should have been canceled, but he wasn't. Mm. And yeah. the fact that we have not run Kanye completely out of everything is fucked up. Because he already he already withdrew it and said like, ah, no, nah, mm. I was wrong. I was fucking around. You know what I mean? He he. I don't even think he said he's sorry. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to live with that. I'm not going to settle that. I don't care who you are, how much money you have, what fucking background you come from. You don't get to go out and just spew hate speech. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I think he, I think he has that to fucking answer for. And I think that he'll get away with it. I mm-hmm. really do. So anyways, <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyways, that's. A summation. I just wanted to do a deep dive into a very well, maybe not the most complicated band, but a band that you know is complicated. I would love to go through and read off their whole discography and talk about what I like and don't like. Maybe mm-hmm. that's another episode. But I would also love for you to maybe give this a shot with Weezer because I think we both know Weezer might be your favorite band. <laughs> but we also know that you know they're not the best band ever. Oh yeah, I could probably spend three episodes talking about their uh, their downsides, their downfalls. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. But you know, at the end of it, when I look at it, it it's kind of like a pros. It's like a Venn diagram. When I look at it all together, the negative aspects of the Foo Fighters is so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get into the music aspect, but I do get really. I, the reason I get mad when people call it dad rock or related to Nickelback is just because I'm like. I don't think you have a great understanding of music because like Nickelback doesn't syncopate anything. They just sit there and mm-hmm. play, never made it as wise man. Yeah. Never made it as <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's just silly, stupid fucking music. And at least with the Foo mm-hmm. Fighters, I'm like, you know, rope? You ever hear rope? Pretty fucking <laughs> hard to play. It's not like it's easy. Right. Yeah. So, and if you're a guitar <laughs> god, then of course you're not going to listen to Foo Fighters anyways. You're going to shut up about Steve Vai. So why are we even hanging out and talking? <laughs> yeah, that's true. True. So that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Nickelback, I don't know if you heard, had a newer song that put out. they put out last year called San Quentin. And it sums up everything you were just talking about them. The reason their music sucks. It's so just non-genuine. It's so like the, okay, I got, I got to pull this up. I got the lyrics pulled up for the, the San Quentin by Nickelback. The lyrics are, let's get the circus on the road. We're taking bets how far a tank of gas will go. Call up your best friend, then call two more. About to do some shit that you ain't seen before. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's basically okay, just a, dude. the, the uh, we got out on bail. We hit the town. Somebody told me we should burn it to the ground. Okay, burn the city to the ground. We get jail. Okay, you guys are badass. I yeah. Guess. yeah, fucking rock and roll, <laughs> man. Anyway. Yeah. That, that sounds like someone who wants to be rock and roll and has no fucking idea what it even means. <laughs> exactly. You know? And I hate to say that, but that's true. And that's the thing with Nickelback is just, yeah, it sounds like a bunch of Canadians like, you know, what's, what's rock and roll about, eh? You know? Yeah, right. I, I don't know. You know. Burn the city to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. 
Let's get this down. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's all. But if Chad Kroger wrote a song and I was like, hey, I'm really fucking mad y'all fucking hate me, I would be like, oh, now that is a Nickelback song I want to listen to. Yes, I would listen to that. (laughs) I would be very curious uh, what that sounds like. But also, see, once again, I didn't get into the music part, but Nickelback shit is so overproduced. And also, I was going to also incorporate Radiohead, because I have actually been getting into Radiohead recently, and they okay, yeah. and they are geniuses. But I'm sorry, you ever? What are you gonna do? Put Radiohead <laughs> on at a party? <laughs> could you imagine not. if you want people to leave? Yeah, could you imagine like a power hour of Radiohead? I fucking blow my brains out by the end. Right. Like I, I mean, I get it. I just I hate the idea that good music is only sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. that drives me up 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 a fucking wall, because and mm-hmm. and also outsider music. When we did that episode with Daniel Johnston and all those guys, yeah, I'm so tired of thinking that the only music worth listening to is fucking depressing. I'm tired of it. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't care how much Radiohead or Geniuses and and Tom York or whatever. Tom York, whatever you say his name, is a fucking <laughs> genius. His music is fucking depressing. I, I'm not going to listen to it just because it's good music, because it's sad. It doesn't have to be. It could be good fucking music, but also not be fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I've probably had a couple too many beers to like have this conversation right now, but it's apples and oranges. Like, you know, it's look at the guy writing it. Like, is he a sad sack of shit? Absolutely. Is this music great regardless? Absolutely. You know, look at some of the more upbeat, fun artists out there. For example, Weezer. They have a lot of California fun songs. He's a nerdy fucking upbeat guy. You just, I mean, I don't know. I think they're both good. You just can't compare the two. But that's what people do. That's my issue. Yeah. Is that it's gatekeeping. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, like, oh, dude, you like the Foo Fighters? Like, well, have you listened to, like, Terra Malos? And it's like, fuck you. First off, yes. Second off, not everything has to be that. But that's, that's what I get mm-hmm. mad at. Most of the people that I talk to that don't like Foo Fighters either have a shitty taste in music. And they're like, oh, my God, have you heard that new Luke Bryan song? <laughs> or it's people that are just like you know fucking just into depressing ass fucking music and i'm like this stupid we're arguing about me i will say that you're totally right it is apples and oranges that's my point but i don't think they're mutually exclusive i if you sing a song about how good it feels to be alive that does not inherently make that song bad However, mm-hmm. all the hipster ass cool shit doesn't sing songs like that. So therefore, most people that listen to that kind of music and then gatekeep it say that that music's bad. I mean, right. people that are yeah. super into metal don't go around being like, "Isn't life wonderful?" Yeah. I mean, maybe they do <laughs> if they're really zen about why they listen to metal music, which yeah. is personally my personal vibe. You know, I've or they listen to like Christian metal. Like red, that's a whole different genre that I don't. Yeah, want to go down. skillet, <laughs> oh, fucking God. skillet, dude. Oh, you know what? I think I'd rather listen to Nickelback than Skillet. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. Now, there's a few metal cri- like Demon Slayer. They're not bad. I fuck with Demon Slayer. 
<laughs> I, I, I've not listened. Oh, you didn't get into the Christian yeah. uh, metal scene? I No, I really you did not. You ain't listened though. to Under Oath, bro? <laughs> I'm familiar with Under Oath, yeah. It wasn't my cup of tea. I prefer his later work that wasn't as aggressive. It wasn't as under. It was over Oath. <laughs> yeah, it was over Oath, yeah. Okay. All right. That was a dad joke. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I think that's why I get mad. That's why I get mad and I get very defensive of the foo is I'm just like, dude, fuck you. If you think this sounds like Nickelback, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I can get on. And, and I just yeah, I find myself doing that. And I don't mean to pick on Nickelback. I use them. It's just, but I did. <laughs> I heard it one day and I was like, wow, I'm fucking mad. Oh, wait, is the Foo Fighters bad? And then, like, I had to, like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. No. If anyone thinks that Chad Kruger fucking sounds like Dave Grohl is a fucking idiot. And you, and you just don't, you just don't <laughs> listen to enough music. Mitch, have you ever hung out with a person who literally does not like music that is rock music or has a guitar to the point that you play them a song and they cover their ears because it hurts their ears to listen to? <laughs> and I swear to God, it was Matchbox 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> who was this? You got to tell That me. was a cousin I had in my okay. own family. And, and and we were young. I was probably fourteen. They were probably Ooh. like seventeen. Um, and we were hanging out with their friends. And I was like, you know, just sitting there in a corner with headphones on. Like, why is Ooh. why am I here? Why is my mom not here? I don't know these people. And they were listening. I was like, <laughs> what are you like? What are you listening to? And I was like, oh, listening. To oh no, it was Three Doors Down. My fault. It was okay, it was that okay. early in my life that I was listening to Three Ooh. Doors Down. <laughs> unironically. <laughs> And I was like, oh, listen to Three Doors Down. <laughs> I put on Kryptonite, and they were like, oh, my God. Oh, this it, it's just loud. It's just really loud. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, we were just listening to 50 Cent. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, what I is mean... more pleasing to the ear, Kryptonite or, like, 50 Cent? You, I, I'm completely going to steal this from Pat Finnerty, but he had a really great point one time. He was talking about basically the fact of like, how does Train pull people to a concert? They tour. They're a very successful band. Do you know anyone that's like, hey, I'm going to go see Train? Um, My mom. No, the tra- <laughs> I do. My mother. <laughs> if Train came to town, your mom would go oh, see yeah. him. Yeah, well, train is the train is for the the peop, the music fan who he said the people that go to the dentist and they're like, oh yeah, I heard that one train song at the dentist that <laughs> one time. They're in town. I'm gonna go see them because I know that one song that I heard at the dentist that one time. That's their relationship with music, and it's not as intense as our relationship. Right. right. And I don't know if we should judge them for that, but I super do. <laughs> That's you know what we're. We're getting into it. We're getting into it, and we won't go any further. But we, you, you have. You, that's what it is. The hardest part for me is just, just I don't understand why people don't care. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I care about all of it, all the time. Twenty <laughs> too much, too much. Yeah, twenty four seven. And then people call me like intense, dude, and like you're not welcome at the Starbucks anymore. And I'm like, you were fucking playing Enya. Fuck you. 
like, sir, I just work here. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> so, 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 the playlist, dude, they're sitting down from corporate, man. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> the playlist. <laughs> Wait, was that a quote? Uh, no, I mean, that's that's what I assume happens at Starbucks. <laughs> um. All right, well... Uh, we don't necessarily have to do a What You Crankin'. The only thing that I have is I, I, I would like the new Foo Fighters song, Rescued, to be on mm-hmm. What You Crankin'. It's their new single. Sweet. And, it. uh, yeah, it's made me kind of various degrees of emotional over the past few uh, times I've heard it. So I think that's a good one. Okay. So uh, right you, on. before we started the podcast, you said I don't have a What You Crankin'. Do you still not? or? <laughs> I thought of one. Oh, okay. One. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. <laughs> so, I mean, this is genuinely what I have been listening to. So, um, I told you at the beginning, like, I've the past couple of days I've been prepping for this, like, wedding that I'm DJing. Um, and I got the playlist, and it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> hope they're not listening. Uh, oh. <laughs> sure they're not. <laughs> um, so, I've been trying to kind of think of, like, that's, okay, this, this is one of my favorite things about, like, doing DJing. Um, and, again, I'm not a professional. I'm not brag i'm not even very good but my favorite thing about it hands down is the fact that i have say in okay what do i think will get people to like dance or have fun so now i get to pick like okay what kind of vibe do i want to set and now it's on me to kind of like go through my memory of like okay oh i remember this song this was a banger when i was like 14 and the cool thing about this wedding is like the the they're 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 around my age so even if i know we didn't have like a similar upbringing i i know that like okay i know you know this song like for example a song i'm thinking of is like lip gloss by Lil mama oh, yeah. it's such a dumb yeah. song but and you haven't thought about it in like a decade yeah. but when i said lip gloss by Lil mama you were like yeah. oh my, my god yeah i know that popping. song yeah I haven't thought about that song in 10 years. And now I'm like, I get to make you remember that song and how much fun it is, even though it sucks. It's not a good song. (laughs) But I kind of get to shoehorn my own taste into this. So yesterday I was kind of going through the the vault of like some like 90s hip hop. And um, I remembered the song Regulate by Warren G. And I'm going to put that on the podcast. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a good song. I put it on in the car and I'm like, it immediately made my mood better. I'm like, oh shit. Um, Warren G featuring Nate Dogg. It's just one of those 90s hip hop songs that... You know, I I have a weird, I've told you before, I have kind of a weird relationship with hip hop because I didn't really discover it until a little bit too late. But I was like 17 or 18 listening to kind of like 90s hip hop. And um, that's when I discovered like Dr. Dre, The Chronic. And I told you before, like, man, nothing will make you feel better about your life when you are the only one in your small rural town listening to The Chronic. Right. <laughs> it is so fucking cool, man. You still feel cool. And that's how I feel about that. Yeah, song. this song... <laughs> came up on a power hour oh that yeah me and charlotte were doing i was like wait a minute i know this shit wait a minute <laughs> yeah, you and do. yeah it was just like that certain level of old that i was like yeah. i didn't remember that i remembered it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's you know, that's what I've been trying to like. That's genuinely what I've been cranking the past couple of days. Like, okay, what are some like cool '90s hip hop songs that I kind of like forgot about, or hopefully everyone has forgotten about yeah, right. that I can just completely blow their minds. Yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah. that's yeah, it's it's actually pretty <laughs> fucking dope. 
Um, yeah, so that's all good I got. But yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll wrap this up here. We'll end it. Thank you guys for listening. We went on a lot of tangents. Some of probably will not make it into the episode. <laughs> I think that I, I do want to clarify because I do want to leave in some of our stronger opinions. I think that we're the first ones to admit is that there's no rules in what you're allowed to like in music. We're the first ones to say that. Because we're the best examples, because literally we listen to the weirdest fucking music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like we are weird cats, man. But that's the thing is like, I feel like we're music nerds. We're like, I'll listen to Switchfoot one day. I'll listen to Nate Dogg another. I'll listen to Foo another day. I'll fucking (laughs) listen to Bad Brains another. Like there's no rules in what you like. Mm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's what being a music nerd is. So I just, <laughs> you know, I don't For know. For sure. <laughs> Anyways. Uh... <laughs> Scotty. Beam us up. Scott. Scotty, don't make a whole thing out of this, man. I'm tired. We're out of here. <laughs> We've been podcasting. I'm still sick. I'm hungry. This is sick. <laughs> I'll work. Just beam us up, dude. <laughs> Just beam us up, man. Please get me the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs>